Welcome back to another episode of the Abstract. Abstract, Abstract, Abstract. This is Mom checking in live from the back of your minds. And this old Penny, still here thinking about plenty. Still here, still got plenty to say. Yeah, I'm here and I'm queer, man. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Y'all heard that? Here and queer. You heard. <laughs> Stop queering around. No, I'm playing. So, we the thems of them boys. We they thems. We they thems. No, we could still be the boys. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> With an IZ at the end. In this bitch. Okay, so t- today's episode is Mind Your Business. That's all. Mind Your Business. <laughs> We're really going to be honing in on the major concept for this month, which was that it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Burr, 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 burr. Big up, big up, big up, big up. Awesome month, yes. I was born this month, but that's not why it's awesome. It's awesome because <laughs> we get to focus on, I mean, it's one of the reasons. Your mom was like, I, this is the month. I got to do it. it I they're going to be a psychologist. <laughs> Imagine I was born and was like, I got it down. I'm going to learn about the brain and how people... Oh, no. I definitely like, sounded I I sounded it. like this when I was a baby, actually, to be honest. And your mom was like, yep, it's all, this is all according to plan. <laughs> she goes, eh, hey, my baby, oh, my baby shall be very smart. <laughs> And I and almost, almost smart. <laughs> <laughs> you hella smart, shut up. I'm almost there. Trust me, don't worry. The more you learn, the more we you realize that you know nothing at all, is what I've learned. That's very, very true. Erica Badu. Badu, 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 badu. Badu. But yeah, this month we are focusing on really. That brain of yours, that precious, beautiful brain, its health, its condition, how you treat it, how it treats you, and really stressing how important it is. Because at the end of the day, it's the most important organ that you got. And that's the truth. People can say your heart, but once your brain dead, I mean, things get rough. Like, your life will never be the same anymore. You can still be alive, but are you alive? Right. And it's like, like I just said, if, are you really living after that anymore? Sure, you're technically alive, but your life will never be the same. And so this life that you're living now, you owe it all to that brain of yours. Everything you see, everything you feel, everything you smell, everything you taste, it's all that brain. So shout out to your brain. Show it some love. (laughs) We've been trying to show it some love. This month, we've gotten a lot of content onto our website on our blog specifically we got a youtube playlist got hella music on it you can peep our story it's also in our highlights been highlighting the on instagram we've been highlighting the songs of the day on there we were putting out first week what it was all tv shows and movies right yeah 
man because there's plenty of examples anytime we're watching anytime we're watching anything it's just like oh yeah this is like this and oh i'm so <laughs> we have a geek out on all the episodes so Straight decided on. to do that in blog form so y'all can get a little insight into what watching movies with us is like <laughs> and tv shows yes, yes. <laughs> and so you can know what uh what specific tv shows and movies talk about or portray mental health Exactly. Because they've been doing it a lot. It's, it might be it might be a little hidden or like not super obvious, but it's kind of like mental health. You don't always know what somebody's going through. It's not like it's plastered on their forehead. You kind of have to pick up on the the signals or even identify like, oh, that's like when I went through. Oh, oh, that's what's going on. You know, like <laughs> so you got to watch it. Um Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to, but you can. Should, It'll be should. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Week two, we had. Da, 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 da. Healers. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot this month, y'all. This month, boy, I tell you, we almost burnt ourselves out, but then we we're like, no, nah, it's for our brain. So we've been able to reel it in. So we're not burnt out, but. The effects are yeah, still boundaries, there. Exactly. Boundaries. Exactly. Boundaries. boundaries. Yes. <laughs> we checked our own mental health this month. <laughs> Very important. Glad we did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, week two is all about the healers and individuals and community that can provide you with healing or at least clarity on your journey towards well- wellness and well-being. So shout out to everyone that we've shouted out. <laughs> it's been awesome to see them provide feedback to you on instagram they're like oh it's such an honor and i'm like damn you're a big time page and you responded <laughs> to little olas thank you because we're all out here the real recognize real mm-hmm. it's like when you see someone in like a crowded room from across the room and it's like you have a moment where you're like yeah yeah what's up yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> did we just become best friends <laughs> yo <laughs> name that movie no <laughs> The Lalo Penny documentary when they met Zen. (laughs) (laughs) That's a story for another episode, though. If you haven't shared it already. Later in this episode. True, true, true. true. Who knows? Foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) Week three was all about the websites and orgs or organizations that have really provided us with insight or they've been proven to be very reliable and credible resources for the community over the years too i don't think any of them were brand brand new which is also a good thing it shows in their longevity of existing that people have been able to go back to them that they have been able to been really something that people could lean on essentially and in all that time they've been stacking up their database of resources stacking up their therapists if they're providing it with that all the good stuff really then week four this final week we've been including literature and that's whether it's in book form or articles i wanted to put some research papers on there but i'm like y'all are not gonna read these research papers (laughs) this is something that it's almost like i got tricked into doing just like waking up early I yeah. did it so much for school that my brain was like, this is life? Okay. <laughs> and that was it. Then it just became a, a natural habit. So, 
Yeah. Don't worry. Meanwhile, if you didn't go to school for clinical, to study clinical psychology, it's pretty dry sometimes. I've tried. Sometimes? <laughs> it's quite a lot dry. Them things so. are dry as fuck fuck. <laughs> as the fuck fuck. So... I tried my hand at it, like looking at a study. I even, I mean, I wrote an article for one of the, or a blog post on the abstract about eczema and anxiety and tried to, um, I was like, let me include some facts and studies. And it's just like, woo, reading all those things. I mean, I found what I needed, but. Took a hot minute, didn't it though? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main reasons why we even wanted to make the abstract as a resource for mental health in general and us being able to like provide all these kinds of resources and references and connects and links and plugs so that we can so that people can know that there are people who translate these <laughs> academic resources so that the general public can you know have that knowledge because knowledge is power honestly and we're just trying to redistribute some of that power. So, yeah, read the blog. <laughs> Check it out. Check out our blog. I'm sure, there's going to be a whole lot of gems that y'all can find in all of that stuff. And if not you, then maybe you know somebody who will benefit from tapping into the plug. So, mm-hmm. know that sharing is caring. You can never go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But then, too... Talking about all this content that we've put out, oh Penny, you want to enlighten them with all of the other stuff we put outside of the website for this month? Ooh, this month or no? I'm talking about in the lifetime of the abstract. Wow. Okay. Well, you want to go start from the beginning, season one. Season one, talking episode one, coping mechanisms. Season one, episode one. We talked about coping mechanisms. You guys know what those are. If you don't, you can check out episode one, season one, to learn about coping mechanisms. <laughs> Quick line. Okay, how about you give the name of the episode, and I'll give the too long, didn't read. <laughs> TLDR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Description. Okay, season one, episode one, we talked about coping mechanisms. It was about coping mechanisms. <laughs> it was about- <laughs> listen to the episode no (laughs) it was about ways for you to really or tactics you could use to get through times of hardship and also moments of joy right like coping like how to how to deal how to cope with different situations Mm -hmm. mental health wise Mm -hmm. um and then season two we talked about operating doomsday Oh, season Which one. Which was, I mean, I'm sorry, season one, episode two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Operating Doomsday, and uh, that was really in response to the world ending. Because, <laughs> yeah, around that time, we we went through a lot. <laughs> and by we, we mean the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> so, the And world we're still... Was- we're still going through a lot, but I think that when we recorded that, yeah, we're still in the beginning at that point, but this is really us reflecting though 
a lot about that whole false uh, missile scare, too, because mm-hmm. we were still getting over that. That and it was it was like global warming was starting to pick up even more exponentially. So we were just starting to see all the like hurricanes and hundreds of tornadoes, volcanoes, volcanoes and tornadoes. Yeah. yeah, everything. Typhoons. Everything. Lord mercy. <laughs> And then, so that led us to discuss um, EQ, emotional intelligence, so we can make sure that um, we had the emotional, like, you need to know, you need to know the terms to be able to, you need to learn the words before you can speak a sentence. Exactly. So that's what that episode was. Yep. Awareness around emotions and your own reaction and handling of those very things. Mm-hmm. Next up, episode four was about finding joy. Which was about differentiating between pleasure, happiness, and joy. And we also hit on the pillars of happiness, which shout out to this uh, Stanford, because <laughs> that was a very pleasant read on doing research for that episode. I learned a lot. Accessible reading, shout out. To accessible reading. Um, <laughs> then we talked about uh, Black Health Matters. That one And that was, was also, it went with a workshop. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. But two, that was also very, like, timing-based as well. There'd been um uptick in violence against the black community. We're hearing a lot more black death on the news and starting to get heavy at that point but it didn't of course it gets heavier as time progressed but that was definitely like a pinnacle of we need to start talking about this more at least in community and with people because it was necessary and shout out to sumi and danielle and jazz for being on the episode that was really dope nice conversation Mm -hmm. it was nice to catch up with the homies on all their different types of healing modalities they offer so me being a birth worker, Danielle's doing um, Tai Chi, Qigong, and traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah, TCM. <laughs> I'm like, what is it called? Acupuncture. Um, <laughs> and Jazz does make shea butter. So in in speaking about Black Health and Why it Matters, we talked to them about just the different ways that that can occur, or like that health can occur, that we can feed health. That healing occurs. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Made sense. Still made sense. Still makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that kind of led perfectly into our next episode, episode six, uh, titled Preventive Medicine. And that one, as you might guess, was all about how to take precautions, I guess, pre- preventive measures um, for your health so <laughs> using, that you don't have to be sick. <laughs> using the word and the definition there. <sighs> do you want to, you're supposed to do the description. You do the You hopped on it, dude. You, you were on a roll there. I'm like, shit, go ahead, nigga, go ahead. Pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> but preventive, preventive medicine is going to be the step before intervent, intravenous men, medicine, which is where you try to heal after the wound has happened, whereas preventive medicine, you're going to be more so thinking of ways to handle yourself so that you lessen the likelihood that you could end up hurt or wounding yourself. But two, it also works as a really good segue into 
intervening after something has happened. So it's kind of like, be prepared instead of not prepared and then trying to prepare and deal with something <laughs> after yeah, it Yeah, like, like studying for the test. Right. Of, of life. Of attacks. Yeah, like of health attacks. No. <laughs> Reality checks. Fortifying your body. There we go. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Swear we know what we're talking about, y'all. Swear to God. Swear to God. Swear. <laughs> <laughs> Episode seven was about compassion and holding space. It's really where I know we were stressing um, choosing compassion over empathy because empathy is only half of the true work that could be happening in those situations when you choose compassion it makes it easier for you to then be able to understand someone truly versus empathy there can still be some comparing going on where you're comparing the experience to your experience whereas compassion you feel you feel and embody the experience of the other person and you're like okay what are we doing because of this together though not just oh no that hurts i'm sure that was hard for you. Hope you feel better. Yeah, it's kind of like a half half wish, like a half-ass wish almost, even if you mean it. <laughs> right. But yes. still both very much more helpful than sympathy, which is just like oh that sucks <laughs> that's like oh damn dude you don't care that much at all this one hits you with that but ultimately though in terms of holding space it's it's noted at least that compassion will really help you be able to hold space for others as well as yourself because times get hard and if you don't have compassion for yourself or for others you're not really going to be as present with those people or with yourself as you could be then yep. episode eight it's called use your words one of my favorite subjects and also the, your ultimate sweater that Kaylani was wearing that everyone in the use your words crew use your words <laughs> you gang learn, yeah <laughs> world worldwide <laughs> but that episode but yeah. is literally about literally using your words how do you use your words <laughs> What are you using your words for? They're tools, after all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we kind of we go over how, like the the impact and their power, and um, you know, speaking up for yourself in healthy ways. In healthy ways, mm-hmm. expressing so that things aren't just left up to assumption because assumption makes an ass of you and me. Mm-hmm. And um, then our last episode. Of season one. Of season one. is called Free All Friends Slaves. That this one, episode. That <laughs> one was... That one was fun, to be honest, because... It was... At least it was fun for me to see and feel the venting and the releasing of the animosity and also the... The pain, not all of it, My but some of the pain strife. that, yeah, no, but seriously, that you've had to go, go through with mm. people because it was really like a call them out on their shit kind of deal, but to a certain extent, right? Ultimately, the hope was for people to realize like, hey, okay, this does impact 
other people in ways like beyond what they may have been thinking. And the whole point was that, no, we're not saying that all pets are friends, slaves entirely. It is still that energy and direction. But of course, it's like, sure, if you're in a situation where you can't have kids or babies and you want to take care of something, it makes sense. And there's nothing wrong with it either. We're definitely (laughs) poking fun at people with emotional support animals with where these animals were like, what was a turkey, I believe, or a peacock. Oh my goodness. Just animals that shouldn't be in captivity like that, but people just make them their sole like, friend target of emotional support. <laughs> right. And then it hits at that idea of like a friend slave, which is like this animal had no choice in in this right. decision. You then were like you're mine now. I'm going to unload on you. I'm going to vent. I'm going to feed you stuff. We're going to love each other. And sure, the animal gets used to it, gets domesticated. Of course, it's going to be partially content because it's a lavish lifestyle, so to speak. But that doesn't mean that the animal all in all is like built for that. And think about like even if you had a friend who or if you are that friend, maybe who you have a friend who calls you only to tell you their problems and to kind of like help you help have you help them get through their stuff but they never like reciprocate or ask you how you're doing even if you're doing it over like drinks or something like getting lunch where it's like yeah you might think that it's a fun time but it's really still a one way i mean i can't tell you but like you could tell when it's really a one way kind of relationship that's all we were getting at there right and yes to be clear we're talking about pet animals we weren't actually talking about people keeping slaves so that's another (laughs) thing yeah that ain't it dog that ain't it at all no because to and also to to add to that we're talking about how folks with allergies to animals how their relationships are my frustration (laughs) right are impacted especially when people are prioritizing relationships with pets over or relationships with animals over relationships with people who care about them because it is it's a hard thing and that doesn't get a lot of light so that was that was fun i do think we lost some followers but i think we also gained some followers from that so it's like haha speaker truth <laughs> it's all good yeah yeah it's all alignment will come exactly we're all healing on this journey Mm-hmm. Then season two, 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 two. Season two. We started off with 2020, year of clarity. 2021. Dot, 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 dot. That one. We'll see. Reflecting on 2020, because hot damn. 2020 was hot ass mess. the fattest reality check I think many of us have had. But the fattest one that we've had as a society up to this mm-hmm. date. Yes, there have been hard times in the past. But I think it's been a, a, a solid while since the world really stood still like that. Like that was pretty profound of what was going yep. on. And then. Still is. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the point was like 2021. Like sure. Last year we got a lot of clarity on our experience. But what will this year be like for you? After having gone through <laughs> living through 2020. Also, shout out for getting through 2020. Because y'all did that. We did that. Good job, y'all. 
And also shout out to Titabyte slash Rihanna, who was our special guest on that episode. Mm-hmm. We had many. We've so far we've had such dope guests on this show, and I'm so thankful that everybody's been like super down to be open and talk about their experiences with healing with us because it can be very vulnerable. Um, so we're just like we're super grateful that y'all are game to do that with us. Honestly, and speaking of special guests, we also had the homie Mike and Denise. Both on our show for the episode on Tending to Your Garden. Episode 2 of Season 2, and that one was covering love and intimate relationships (laughs) and really that being in your garden. The things that are around you, you've been putting in this work, the appreciation and attention and time that you give it is like the soil and fertilizer, and then you're watching stuff bloom over time. It's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Very fun episode. I learned. It was a really good episode. If you guys need tips for for just like healthy relationships, healthy boundaries. Uh what else did we talk? We talked about communication. I'm trying to put my finger on it. I was I can't think of it. It's okay. Um Yeah, we talked. I don't know why I'm brain farting. I can't think of the the thing that Anise recommended a book. Oh, codependency. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about codependency on there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really boundaries, like you said, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, very insightful episode. Very awesome couple. Um, Amazing humans. And dope people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next episode, episode three of season two, was called Old Habits Die Hard. And that was about breaking habits and forming new ones. And then also stressing how age is not as big of a factor as people make it out to be when it comes to learning and your lifestyle and your habits. But you give power to all the things that exist in your life. And all the things that do not. So if you believe age is going to play a factor in how you are, it will. And the science proves it. (laughs) Yes. The seeds you sow are the seeds that will grow, Mm y'all. Remember. Deep. And then episode four, season two, embracing your anxiety. Oh, yeah. Still, Good old anxiety. Still trying to embrace that old motherfucker. That's a tough one. Yeah. A lot of people going through it. Um, we talk about our own experiences with anxiety, some tools for working with it. We also talk about different kinds of anxiety and the effect that it has on your health. Because, believe me, it does. <laughs> and um, and the big dropper of uh, society's impact on or technology's impact on anxiety, but we're not going to say that now because you got to listen to the episode to find out what that was because it mm. is very real. I think about it every day after having thought about that and read about it. And it was like, oh, Lord, mercy. Makes a big difference. And then two, of course, of course, we had a Clubhouse episode also this month that will yep. be a bonus episode as well this season too so 
The clubhouse was called Afro-Asian Liberation from Oppression Olympics to Radical Joy. And that was a pretty awesome episode as well. Um, We collaborated with This Intentional Life, Lotus and Carme, on that one. And it was picking up on their their previous clubhouse titled similarly Afro-Asian Liberation. But it was a part one and they were talking about you know, the recent, um, I mean, it was inspired by the recent rise in documented hate crimes or violence against Asian Americans and how the media is pitting against, um, black and Asian people against each other and how that's not helping. Mm-hmm. Um, so we break that down. And then in the, our, in the clubhouse that we did with them, we talked about ways that we can transcend that dynamic because as mom was saying the old habits die hard not saying that oppression is a habit necessarily but um we can choose to look at ourselves as joyful people as well we are not only oppressed people exactly so that was our offering there hope you guys check it out we're gonna i also did a poem in the beginning of that I open the space with a, a spoken word poem called Embodying a Body. No, that one was for uh, Embracing Your Anxiety. I'm sorry. I did two poems this past couple months. First one was called Embodying a Body. That one's for Embracing Your Anxiety. And the one that I performed in the beginning of Afro-Asian Liberation event was called... Oh, it was called A Dream Come True. <laughs> Because right. I'm a dream come true. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an- ancestors' wildest dreams and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that one was really fun to do. Yeah, it was tons of fun. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're going to turn that episode into a toolkit, like we have done with all our other episodes. Most of our other episodes have accompanying toolkits. Um, as you guys know, initially they were abstract manuals, but this season we've kind of reformat and shifted directions and moved into um, creating abstract abstracts because, you know, figured it was a little bit more on brand. It's a little bit more <laughs> easier to digest because it's smaller. It's a snack. It's a little bite bite of some knowledge. A little bite bite. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's abstract abstract. Exactly. It's a little bite bite. Because, you know, how y'all might not be interested in reading a whole ass research paper, which the manuals weren't entire ass research papers, but they were kind of like entire ass research papers. They were like a textbook. Right, right. It was like a mini textbook. Very shortened. And so these abstract abstracts are the abstracts of our podcast episodes that we've been releasing, essentially. Yeah. Shorter way to say, too, they're toolkits, if abstract abstract is too much of a tongue twister for you because <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what they are they're toolkits so if you if you were to pair our podcasts with the accompanying toolkit or abstract abstract you'd have yourself a little self-guided workshop if you will honestly self-guided emotion processing session for whichever subject you might need help with and if you're going Habits, to anxiety, whatever, but if you're going to therapy and you hit one of our podcast episodes on a topic that you really need to talk about in therapy, along with that abstract abstract process that, and then went to therapy, huh? Oof. Your therapist would be like, 
damn, I need you to counsel me. (laughs) (laughs) You know your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, even, you know, even before you go to therapy that you should be making or you, it's helpful to make some kind of list of what you do want to work on in therapy. So the, if anything, the questions that we ask in the abstracts, in the toolkits are going to help you have a foundation of, or at least start to consider what you want to, what you want to explore and need to explore more of within your own mental health journey. So you can make even more, I mean, you know, therapy is expensive. I don't have to tell you guys that. So this, if anything, it'll help you make more use of your time (laughs) because you're like, all right, I got a clear vision. Let's go. Right. Right. (laughs) And two, it's not going to be the end all answer to, Oh, you've got, you've done therapy. Now you're all healed up and you're ready for the rest of your life. Like, no, treat it as you would, dentist appointments even or doctor's appointments you want to check in with these folks because they'll help you do some maintenance and some evaluations of yourself but ultimately your health is in your hands which was a big message that we were trying to push in the preventive medicine episode of every day is going to be important every day is integral to your health and well-being and so you making the most out of each moment um, learning from mistakes, celebrating wins, you know, really capitalizing on your life experiences makes profound leaps and steps towards possible goals or at least places that you want to be emotionally, mentally, you know, behaviorally, what have you. Therapists can't solve all your problems just like how a doctor can't solve all your problems. And hey, Therapy is very valuable, but if you can't find a therapist that meshes with you, it's not going to be as valuable as it could be. Mm -hmm. So at least having all the tools in your arsenal accessible is going to make a profound difference between where you are and where you want to be. Yeah, because too, like your brain is a muscle. So you need, I mean, working it and working on these different tools, you'll eventually be stronger um, for doing the homework you know um you could use the toolkits even after therapy as like to brush up or to kind of do a little maintenance on yourself in between sessions you know it's just really about checking in we're providing tools for you to be able to check in with yourself and figure out what you need what you're going through what your feelings are we got the we got all the questions you know i mean we got some answers but you really, ultimately, you have all the answers for yourself. But we got the questions yeah. to help you dig out those answers. Or at least exactly. start that process. Which, yep. too, at the end of the day, you become your support, right? You become your support base to an extent. Not all of it. <laughs> but you become a portion of it. We're like that that friend who's uh, holding your hand before you jump off the rock into the ocean. For those of you who have been to Hawaii slash are in Hawaii and that doesn't sound crazy. <laughs> or if you live in Texas and you've been to Lake Travis and you've gone clip. Yeah, yeah people be jumping off diving. and jump- <laughs> jumping rocks. Be jumping off of stuff. <laughs> After I said it, I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you know. I'm about to jump off a of stuff. That's going to be an icebreaker for me. You ever jump you ever off? jumped off a rock? Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like mental health, you know? It's really hard at first, but you just need a friend to hold your hand, and then you just 
one, two, three, rip off the band-aid. <laughs> <laughs> and you go deep. No. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been Analogies <laughs> by <laughs> Lala. <laughs> Uh, as 21 Savage said, jump in the water and get wet. Shoddy Synapse. (laughs) (laughs) Stop putting all your nicknames out on blast. (laughs) Openy has like 30 billion nicknames, and I tell you, y'all have only heard about less than a dozen of them. Yeah. Shoddy Synapse is a brand new one, so y'all got it first. Don't get me started on all the other ones. Do you want to (laughs) actually, uh, Give a shout out to our support base. Sure. Yes, I would. Um, First of all, I think we need to thank our lovely, amazing Patreon members who support us every single month. Um, We appreciate you guys so much. Immensely. Immensely. We're so thankful to be on this podcast. this healing and dealing, sharing and caring journey with y'all. Um, every single one of them is super driven, um, artists in their own right, hella smart people who aren't afraid of doing the work. And um, yeah, it's just really dope to be a part of such a dope community. I keep saying dope, but you know, it's dope. <laughs> um <laughs> First of all, we have Chelsea, who's an MC, a singer, songwriter, producer, also a chef. They make delicious, mouthwatering-looking vegan food, um, Afro-Caribbean clean cuisine, as they call it. Um, You can check them out at Cafe Monet LA. Then we have Eric, aka DJ Dirty Soap, who is, man, one of our favorite Motown Monday common guest djs um shout out to hawaii and i mean chinatown honolulu specifically um Mm -hmm. but yeah and he's also a student of buddhist psychology i was i was making some like whoa (laughs) openy was moving you guys couldn't see them openy was moving as if their brain became like 10 (laughs) times its size and their neck got real thin so it was just all over the place (laughs) it was like i was mojo jojo at a rave for a second Mm. because it was like music buddhist psychology all that doesn't doesn't (laughs) eric make the uh is it the christmas mixtape is that the one that we listen to every year that one is so every year we listen to eric's (laughs) to dirty soaps christmas mix it always starts with um it's called Christmas, though, because it's it's a picture of um, Mike Tyson in a Santa Claus suit. So good. It's really excellent. Um, it gets you in the holiday spirits for y'all who celebrate Christmas. But yeah, it's a good... Anyway, listen to Eric's music, <laughs> Dirty Soap. Check them out in LA once they have events again. Um, and then Jin, who is also has their own Patreon now, so you could go support them, but they're a student, um, of storytelling, of movement, they are in films, they model, they just everything. I see them dancing and doing all these, like, (laughs) 
just like whoa student of again student whoa of yeah <laughs> <laughs> human beings world builder as they also referred to themselves so Amazing. shout out to Jin. also we had Jin as a guest um on an instagram live so if you want to learn more about the inner workings of their brain you can check us out there it's on our instagram igtv i think mm-hmm. yes it is mm-hmm. we also have kira who we would always see around at all all the art shows in hawaii that we ever went to pretty much because and the ones you know some... curated or yeah whatever. and the ones that i was that i made <laughs> or was a part of so we appreciate always a good person to see around and um yeah is a u.s history professor always has really good insights on twitter for y'alls who are in the twitterverse and we also have last but not least tina who is an actress i don't know if she's acting in any plays recently but we definitely saw her perform and it was amazing amazing Oh, man. If you ever have a chance to witness the work of Tina in person, I would definitely recommend it. Um, If you don't live in the same place as we are a global community, you can also check out uh, Tina's work at Eat Cake Gallery um, LLC, which is a production company that she started to inspire and empower women through the art of conversation and film. Um, she interviewed us uh, as a contingency for when we had in-betweens as a party. We did screenings together um, or co-hosted things. It was just, I'm so thankful for Tina <laughs> and all the work that she does. It's very amazing. And we really appreciate all of y'all's support every month. So shout out to y'all. Wouldn't be where we are without y'all, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. And then we started um, adding some music this season. Yup. We've been leveling up, y'all. Oh, man. Level up, level up, level up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of music, we have, we've been working with a werewolf who is hella dope producer. Um, I think they're on Instagram, they're Wolf the Sage Burner. But um, it's such a we made good, a few. It's such a good handle. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> I first read it, I was like, "This nigga is dope." I don't even know who you They're... are yet. <laughs> yes, what we they like to refer to as um, like soul family, mm-hmm. or yeah, we just we vibe, man. We've been making some music. They made some beats that ended up. Um, you guys heard on the last episode about anxiety when I opened my, with the poem. Oof, man, their beats are just like, yes, I know, I know what to write now. The words just start and coming out. Yeah, it's like you know how you try to describe a sound to someone, and you're like, I just want it to sound like this, and then they make something, and it's like, oh, I meant something else (laughs) like they don't they they know what i mean (laughs) you know they're like oh i got you and they sent me something in like an hour or something i was just like whoa um yeah very dope music maker a werewolf uh we also have hurricane ike who is mom's cousin nigerian bloodline there he's currently in costa rica 
living that mm-hmm. good life, still putting out music. He definitely texted me earlier because as we're recording this, this is Wednesday, and Wednesdays are wavy Wednesdays for Hurricane Ike. So, new music every week from this guy. Oh, are you endless, gonna jump on the freestyle with? No, he he for wavy Wednesdays. He spits on the tracks, so I'm more oh. so an observer and appreciator. Who knows? Oh, maybe just you know it started. I thought he was gonna invite you to join the stage. No, 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 no. Hey, mom on the freestyles yeah i will be popping in on some future poems though don't worry about that and like i said before working on my my uh piano game so one day i'll be making songs for the abstract all the time (laughs) watch out ray yeah shout out to hurricane ike he's definitely plugged us with some really dope outros as well and very big supporter for us since we've started really he's been a big um motivation for continuing to make the podcast and you know pursuing our dreams and our passions and he knows the profound impact that talking about mental health has so appreciate the love and the support fam yeah we also have some tunes upcoming by dorian dorian blue who uh, is a fellow they, baby. Uh, also super dope person. Very warm presence. And um, yeah, they're just one of those like super expansive artists who just be doing hella stuff. They also dance too. So I don't know, maybe you guys put, maybe put together a little abstract dance crew. Me, Dorian, uh, Jen. <laughs> and Jen, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll just, me and Danielle will just stretch in the background. Doesn't Eric, didn't he break dance? Oh, yeah. Eric does uh, like house dancing too. Shit, it's Ooh, over for these niggas. You guys making a music video. It's over for these niggas. Watch. <laughs> Watch. We come in. We come in for the next boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's in the future. y'all heard it first (laughs) oh yeah we should also probably shout out um our other collaborate well we already talked shouted out this intentional life um but just to share a little bit more about them they're a soul-provoking podcast um, that features carme and lotus who are both facilitators and healers. coaches and healers. Yeah, they're both amazing. We had a really great time working with them. Mm-hmm. Super intentional people. <laughs> it's always appreciated. Profound interactions with those ones. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, actually, last but not least, uh, we did want to mention that we are official sponsor for Talk Human to Me. Um, which is another podcast hosted by the homie Jeff Shao. Shout out to Jeff. Another very dope connector. Um, fellow entrepreneur. He interviews other entrepreneurs, um, helping them reconnect with personal stuff that they care about and rediscover who they are. Going deep. <laughs> That's all we know how to all do. All the homies hella deep, yeah. <laughs> It's a habit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But we've done 
quite a bit of stuff since since we've started and this is still only the beginning i'm very mm-hmm. excited for future moves that we'll be making future collabs future guest features future features that we'll be doing ourselves Ooh. as well but there's a lot in the works we've got plenty in the bag all in the name of spreading awareness uh, and accessibility for mental wellness mm-hmm. making it digestible for all y'all Mm-hmm. but this does make you wonder right like i'm sure you listeners are curious i mean what is our backstory we've shared bits here and there on episodes so it makes more sense to share more bits <laughs> about that <laughs> very bits. thing because right people like bits Oh, Penny loves bits. That's why Penny doesn't finish bags of chips. Oh, Penny will leave the <laughs> smallest pieces of them chips that exist at the bottom of the nice bag. Nice crunchies on top of other meals, okay? Right, because you do that. They I'm Chinese. The, the bags don't just then <laughs> sit, and there's an accumulation of all these bags that are <laughs> only have ten percent. Can't be wasting left. shit. <laughs> right, because they don't get tossed. If you guys don't want to be grateful for every piece of food that you have, then that's okay. But just let me appreciate mines, all right? Just be sure, y'all, that you finish that food that you're appreciating. (laughs) (laughs) But in regards to our bits. (laughs) Insert. uh, We're going to share our bits with you. Insert Nate Dog. Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) i'm not about to further that i would just keep it chugging um oh penny yeah what is a major psychological breakthrough that you've had in your life as you've embarked on this journey towards wellness and well-being Hmm. One of my major psychological breakthroughs was that my emotions are directly correlated with my physical health. Oof. You could say yes. that again for niggas in the back. That's uh-uh. My emotions are directly correlated to my physical health. I don't think enough people know. Because that's all your brain, once again, mm-hmm. like we were saying before. But, like, yeah. how the intersectionality of everything, right? Yeah. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Like, it literally controls everything, like Mom was saying. I read this article yesterday about, because I was curious. I was like, does your brain burn calories? Like, does thinking burn calories? And it does. Yeah, man. <laughs> it hella does. But actually, they're saying, like, if you think a lot, they haven't done enough studies to know whether it, um, uh, like, thinking for extended periods of time. Like, if you take a SAT test for, like, five hours or something, they haven't done studies on those people to know the chemical changes. They've only done, like, shorter tests. But from those shorter tests, they have found that, like, your brain... I think it burns like 
10% of the calories for your whole body, like, <laughs> constantly, because it's working constantly, right? Like That's so odd. But they're also, yeah, like, and they're also saying, though, that, like, your brain, I mean, the reason, or they're saying that even when people thought harder, it did increase the amount of calories that were burned, but um, it was, like, slight, so they, they couldn't tell if it was if people were exhausted after long tests because they were thinking about how hard the test was and that was causing them to feel tired or because they actually burned more calories, like they couldn't tell. But all that to say is like that does your brain controls everything. (laughs) So if you feel, if you tell yourself that you're sad, you're going to continue to feel sad. Like you're not going to suddenly feel happy. I'm not going to suddenly feel happy if I just say I'm so sad. Right. So that was a huge, yeah, that was a huge breakthrough mm-hmm. for me. Fuck. What about you? <laughs> I actually had one today. Ooh. What is it? Man. So I was listening to the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, and they were talking to Jeremy Lin who's a really good speaker, but he brought up, he was talking about how he was at one point, like one of the biggest names in basketball for, you know, a few months really. But like, I'm talking about, he was the one people were trying to go at because he was just hitting game winners, balling ridiculously. And it was all out of nowhere, but then suddenly that stopped and it like changed. And he was talking about the impact of injuries and how that affected his game, which is like, oh, yeah, obviously. But then he talked about how the injury and healing from that isn't all just physical. It's also mental. Oof, and Yes. And I've heard that before. But it didn't click until after he talked about it in terms of my own situation. So Mm. my sophomore year in high school, I'm having a really nice basketball career at this point. Getting looks for varsity, more minutes on varsity because at the time I was playing on JV, which is junior varsity. And... One of the games where I was going to get the opportunity to then play on the varsity team afterwards because the coach was really liking how I was playing that week. In that game, our team was down horribly. And I wasn't shooting well at all. And so I'm pissed. And I'm like, okay, Daniel, you're the defensive anchor for this team. Only way to swing the momentum is by, you know, coming up with stops and really like lifting people's energy on that end of the court so that they could feel motivated to then try harder, like, play smarter on the offensive side because we can't let these missed shots, like, box down. So we miss a <laughs> – I remember this play so well. We miss a wide-open three-pointer. And literally after that, like, miss – also, too, the sound the ball made on the rim, I remember, was, like, so demoralizing. You're like, fuck, that, that shot was never going in, and it should have because the person was so, open. So, like, all rim. Yeah, and you're like, ooh, fuck. Uh... And so the other team gets the ball, and it's like this short point guard. Really short, though. He takes off, and I'm heated. I'm like, nah, this nigga is not scoring anymore. Like, no more. 
I can't let this happen anymore. If we don't score, you don't score. No one's scoring. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so I then... Juju mad. <laughs> straight up. So I take off <laughs> after him. And for me, usually this is the same thing that happens every time. But this time didn't go the same way. Or it didn't end the same way. But usually... Other team gets the ball, they go off on a fast break, they think they're in the clear, because I tend to take a good angle so they can't see me coming up behind them. They think they have a wide open layup. Oh, you sneak. And then I pin that shit on the backboard, and it feels so good, because you can see their self-esteem drop. They're like, oh, I should have. <laughs> you know when the coaches, like, run through the line? Don't just, like, start jogging and then walk to, like, the last bit of the exercise it's kind of like that they start slowing down oh it's the easy layup and then i get that shit and i'm like yeah give me that fucking ball <laughs> this time though i went up and i swing so hard because i want the ball to go flying off the backboard and i don't even make contact with the backboard either i missed the whole backboard and swung so hard that my shoulder dislocated oh my god dude. like the momentum took my shoulder pretty much and that was it yikes had to i didn't know what happened this was the first time i even found out what dislocation was and so can't play that game get my shoulder put back in place at the hospital and then i believe i miss about five games i come back that sixth game not feeling all myself but more so just happy to be back on the court Everyone's happy that I'm back, you know, got the jersey on, feeling good. First play of the game. Other team wins the tip off. Point guard passes it to their center. I'm guarding that guy because I'm still the tallest person on the team at the time, like 6'2". And I jump up to intercept, really steal the ball. And my shoulder comes out again. Same shoulder. Oh, my God. But I, <laughs> like but I finished the play. I finished the play, too. And the coach is like, man, Daniel, I, I really respect you for going after the ball and still, like, keeping it inbound. And we saw your shoulder come out. And I'm like, yeah. But I'm on the bench. And I remember being on the bench. And I didn't look at my shoulder the first time I dislocated it. I just felt it. and was like, something's wrong. But this time, yeah. <laughs> it felt worse. And I'm thinking... Okay, what exactly is going on? And I look at my arm. Pass out. Boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Straight up almost did shit. It, oh, my God. It looked like somebody was wearing shorts. And they had, like, a bag of quarters and dimes uh. and pennies at the very bottom. No. <laughs> like, there's, like, a flat. Where your shoulder is supposed to be, it was flat. Like skin. Right, right, right. Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is why this is why people don't let their pl- their kids play football and shit like that. <laughs> like, basketball though, I would never would have know, anticipated like, this happening. Is... Definitely football. I could see you getting dislocations easy, but this and two it was no non-contact either, which is wild. But it it goes to show my nutrition wasn't at point mm-hmm. on point at the time. I needed more. Didn't do preventive health measures at all. My diet was poor, and this was like evidence of that but after that dislocation i remember being in the ambulance crying just like this fucking sucks i I don't know if i could play basketball again because this happened again and this was very simple they told me i was fine i went to rehab and Mm -hmm. all that before this and here i am again and then i showed up at school 
walking to practice, I believe three weeks later. And someone on the varsity team saw me in the hallway and he was like, oh, what happened to your arm? What happened to your arm? Did you sprain your wrist or something? I'm like, no, I dislocated my shoulder. It's the second time. And I'll never forget this. He goes, oh, your career is over and kept walking. And those words haunted me. From that day forth, I lost all confidence in my basketball ability. And I had to rebuild that in college but even then and even up till now i've realized that my own confidence in myself has never been the same since that dislocation and so when jeremy lynn was talking about how you need to heal physically and mentally from Mm -hmm. injuries i realized i never healed mentally from that injury i just tried to heal physically (laughs) and so there's this whole suitcase full of like memories essentially of like oh this was related to the shoulder dislocation oh this was oh this is <laughs> yeah man fuck bro Ugh, like when it when we talk about your body carries trauma like it legit carries everything like like when i say your body is a vehicle <laughs> it's yeah. carrying all the shit that you picked up along the way for the whole ride mm-hmm. like until you the put it ride. down like you are in control of your body you have to put it down you have to open the door and be like nah. it's like that commercial about Allstate or something where he has <laughs> it's like a super annoying guy wait is it Allstate? no it's like Flo the, the commercials with Flo Anyway, they get like the annoying guy instead of Flo in her car and he's supposed to be like the in-car assistance person and he's like picking up all this shit. He's like, who would just give away all this free wood? And she's like, he like makes her put all the wood in the back of her car. (laughs) And finally, she hears a commercial like, yeah, we have an app. And she's like, there's an app. And she like kicks his ass out because... She's like, this is my car. This is my vehicle, bro. Like, you don't get to sit in here anymore. I'm in control. That's your body. I'm being intentional now about what I'm carrying, and I'm not including this. Right. And I definitely, 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 after hearing, after piecing it all together and having that moment, Mm. it was like, I know what I'm talking about in therapy (laughs) (laughs) when I go back to therapy. Because so much it's literally impacted every day of my life in the smallest of ways and so it's been an awesome aha moment but at the same time it's also been like fuck i got so much work to do (laughs) because this was sophomore year of high school that was 2009 2010 11 years ago yeah 12, 11 years ago, that's a lot of time to be packing up just more and more and more to that mm-hmm. trauma. But I'm glad that I can at least start Oof. chipping away at it because it'll make a world yeah. of difference. I mean, we all have stories. But, like, I feel like we all have stories like that <laughs> where it's like that oh, one no, thing that someone says kind of fucks you up for until now. <laughs> like, <laughs> not forever, but. Up until now, <laughs> it's it's been with you, <laughs> man. I had like okay. I'm gonna share a little anecdote that, like, I had a similar breakthrough because I've personally I deal with imposter syndrome, 
which is similar to what you're talking about just like not having like your confidence has taken a shot because of something that happened in the past so like this is i feel like this is it sounds more silly because <laughs> i was a kid and basically they asked us to come up with nicknames for whatever reason right we're all at the park and then they're like the leaders was like yeah let's um everybody like say your nickname or whatever i didn't have a nickname so then i said i was just like uh lauren the great because i don't know maybe i just read about alexander the great or some shit like i'm just i wasn't a freestyler back then as a child like i'm not (laughs) and two up until this past year i've always said like no i'm not a freestyler i don't just i don't just come up with shit on the spot i need to think about it i need to make sure what i'm saying is correct and right and i need to like you know always have a good thing to say so that i'm not caught slipping basically like looking stupid Mm -hmm. and i realized like it (laughs) when i realized that that happened that happened or that when i remembered that that happened because after i said that everybody was just like oh my god that's the dumbest name i've ever heard like they were laughing pretty much that's what i remember anyway even if it was only like a couple kids but it's still like wow really that's what you got (laughs) like even if they weren't laughing you probably felt felt the energy in the whole group be like yeah that no you could feel yeah even if it's silence i feel like it might have even been the leader too was just like did you oh no they said they said did you just say lauren the grape and i was like "Ah!" (laughs) like no (laughs) (laughs) oh my god why would i say that yeah i know right before i smoke (laughs) weed it wasn't it wasn't cool then (laughs) even if i did that would be a weird nickname to have (laughs) like i could totally see why they were just like bro that was a pretty whack name but that whole that feeling definitely stuck with me and until recently when i had to be like you know what that was a child my child self just not having been a freestyler who knows things to say off top like and that's okay that doesn't mean that i'm always gonna be like that you know right because you freestyle every day now in different ways. Yeah. Still shaking the Very. uh <laughs> shaking that. I guess you want to talk about the next thing cuz that kind of leads into it. <laughs> shaking the True, really. Cuz in a sense that was a recurring thing mm-hmm. for a while, recurring uh hardship or even wound that was coming up. So, what is uh, I guess in addition to that? <laughs> What is a reoccurring psychological obstacle that you've had to deal with in your life? Um, well, did you want to... I think initially when I thought was thinking about the question, I was thinking about the intimidating obstacles. Because I guess, you know, it could be... Re- it could be both. I feel like an obstacle in itself is... intimidating is, by nature. There's levels to that's it. True. Right. Most intimidating would be different because then that's the most difficult. Yeah. But... Because, like, for me, recurring psychological obstacle has been negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got one. Go ahead, though. And <laughs> it's always felt like I've had a movie critic in my brain. And my life's the movie, and they're just not fucking 
they're not feeling this mm. at all. They're like, this guy. They're the kids. This fucking <laughs> the guy. kids laughing at your nickname. But right. it's you. And they're also the hecklers <laughs> in the movie that are like, what the fuck oh are you doing? <laughs> Look at this stupid ass motherfucker. Like, like, all that you shit. Want some ice cream? <laughs> you deserve the <laughs> And ice I'm like, cream. I can't eat it because I'm lactose intolerant. I'm like, they make dairy free ice cream. And you're like, Tui, I don't deserve ice cream. Because they And said. the critic's like, because you're broke, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford so it. critical. <laughs> Get a job. Jeez. Yeah, and that's that negative self-talk. I caught no breaks. If I, even if I did a bunch of things right. Mm-hmm. One mistake. That's the only thing I remember. Even, I mean, today I made not even a mistake, but I forgot how to do something in the routine of, you know, daily tasks I have to do at work. And that really just stuck for the rest of the shift. And I'm thinking, I remember thinking to myself too, like, why is this still happening as much? But it's new things, and I know it'll subside with time. But in other areas in my life, relationships, friendships, sports, appearance, so much, that critic was definitely a lot louder. And it makes coping hard because I think with coping, there's an aspect of letting go that you have to truly do in order to be able to move forward it doesn't mean you forget that's totally different but letting go of the personal attachment or being stuck on a particular aspect Mm -hmm. of your emotional experience because that's very one-sided and as we've said before like people are dynamic you're more than just your mistakes Mm -hmm. and you're also more than just your successes you're A whole universe of things. And that critic really does become the broken record player. Where it's just that one mistake over and over again. Oh, there's another mistake. All right, it's getting louder over and over, over and over. And sure, I've done the work. I've gone therapy. I've journaled, meditated. And so that critic has become a fan. But it doesn't mean they don't critique still. And so it's... Something I think I'll have to deal with for the rest of my life, but in the sense that it won't always be loud. I'm hoping that it'll be able to kind of like quiet down more and more Mm -hmm. to the point where it's just a, it's like, oh, you messed up. And I could be like, yeah, I did. And then we both move forward. Instead of, you messed up, nigga, you. Right. And that compassion, Mm -hmm. once again. Yeah. What's your... What's your obstacle? I'm like, I'm loving me. And I'm loving me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> my <laughs> Speaking of love, um, I was going to say something else, but I feel like this is more relevant to the recurring theme. Um, I mean, and I say that because it goes along with the idea that um, if life keeps asking you the same questions, it's because you're not learning the lessons. And mm-hmm. my... S- my recurring psychological obstacle um, has more to do with, not more, but it has to do with love and me, my understanding of love and um, ways that I was 
used ways that I am and was used to experiencing love or being loved. Um, and I know that sounds hella vague, but it's like, especially with like past relationships. And the thing I was going to say was like, oh, the intimidating psychological obstacle was meeting up with like my exes or something (laughs) after the fact. But that was a little intimidating. I mean, it was intimidating in a, in a, a different way. Cause it's like both, both times that I've met up with, um, an ex to kind of hash out or get closure from what happened. It was like after years had passed, you know? So it wasn't like, like that intimidating. It was more so, what was more so intimidating was like, unlearning the the ideas that I had about love that had me attracted to them in the first place mm-hmm. you know like being attracted to certain toxic traits like I know it's like very common for people to be attracted to people who don't want them or who like play hard to get or who are kind of toxic in some ways, you know, they're just like, oh, I don't like it when I've heard this super commonly, like people are like, oh, I, I'm only attracted to jerks. And I think this is also too, when I was like younger in my early twenties, it was more common to hear nowadays. I'm a little bit older. So everybody's like, I ain't got time for that shit. Fuck, <laughs> fuck the bullshit. I'm 30, <laughs> 30 and over. <laughs> like, but definitely don't early... mean that people are not still attracted. Right. To they the jerks, still could though. be attracted to toxicity. <laughs> toxic situations if they haven't you know worked through it but i mean and that's why it's recurring because it's 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 conditioning it's like if you were like for example raised in a household kind of like where like me where people don't practice listening a lot um i feel like that was related to why i was attracted to certain people who were not really great communicators because that wasn't it wasn't something in my head to be like, oh, um, communicating well is, you know, them showing that they love me because I've, in my experience, I've been loved by people who don't communicate well, but I knew that they loved me. So when I entered relationships with people who didn't communicate well, I was just like, well, this is just how it is. Like people are just like this, you know? (laughs) So then Mm -hmm. being, meeting and forming new relationships with people who do communicate well is it can feel like really foreign and like what is this you know why is this like it feels really uncomfortable at first you know even though you're like this is good right (laughs) but you're just like uh And then it's like reprogramming your brain to be like, no, no, this is like, this can be a situation. You don't need that like mystery of whatever it was that it was presenting itself as before, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was, uh, I'm still, and like, I'm still learning how to love myself too. But like it's been, that's been an ongoing psychological obstacle. Is like honoring my boundaries, learning how to love myself so that I can love others how I want to be <laughs> loved and how I want to love them. You know, and not have it ran by like 
having emotion having relationships ran by pure purely by emotions and fears and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. healthier emotions yeah and what would you say have been some support blocks (laughs) that you've had support (laughs) support nouns People, people, places, and things. It's because when I asked, I was asking people, mom, places, what is, and things. What's a support block? They're like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, support noun. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the way I knew that you would understand what the fuck I'm talking yes. about. Yes, simplify for me. Thanks. Nouns, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> my support blocks. Name three. Oh man, I had like a no, I had one. <laughs> All right, no, name one, name one. Then. If you had, I thought you know, if you have a bunch, it'll help. If it's just three, but name one then. Um, my because fr- it shows the value in that one. Yeah, uh, my friend Danielle. It's a very solid support block. Shout out to Danielle. Shout out to Big D. Auntie D. Mama D. Oh, Mama D now. Yeah. Yeah. Danielle's dope. And how did she, how did she support Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's Danielle. Um, she, we. <laughs> the world don't know who <laughs> no. that is. <laughs> Y'all know Danielle. No, she, um, you know, we could just, like, I would say that's one of my really good friends, one of my best friends, and um, we're just able to be silly and honest with each other and also when i say honest i mean like we can tell each other we could like call each other out or be like hey you know that wasn't (laughs) did you think about this and it'd be like ah damn it like you're right but uh like you know (laughs) um yeah we called each other when we were like going through it and i'm just i really appreciate being able to talk it out and be be able to feel supported like somebody's listening in those times you know mm-hmm. and who cares because yeah it's that's not friend. something that i had a lot growing up I had a lot of distant friends yeah which it's a reflection of society too in a mm-hmm. bit how society would keep people like or they're like don't be too vulnerable or don't get too deep or don't give yourself time mm-hmm. to talk about these things and even some cultures are like don't talk about certain things with with other people yeah. or it's like come on yo you, you can talk about whatever you you feel safe enough to talk about yeah. I, I mean even distance wise too like location makes a difference i've had people be like i'm not gonna invest any energy into this relationship because you're gonna be too far away Which is a boundary. Victim to that, yeah. It's just like or perpetrator. You've done it before. You've said that before, or you've been experienced. No, not intentionally, but I've I've done that because it's like a whole. Yeah. You move, and then there's so much you're trying to adapt to, even though you might still try to stay in touch. And then two time zones play a difference. It does. Or play a factor also. Like now, it's hard to talk to my sister. Yeah. Because she's in Hawaii. Yeah. You know, I love her immensely, but it's like. Haha, you can leave these voice memos at 3 a.m. my time. I'm not answering if you call (laughs) at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Which is real. No, that's real. Yeah. 
I would say for me, support blocks have been music, definitely a very vital one. I would, I don't dance as much anymore, but I still have my choreo sessions when I listen to songs or certain playlists. I'm in a whole other world, which is truly meditation. Now that I think about it, because it's imagery and like visualization that's happening for a long period of time where I could sit somewhere probably for a good hour and just be so zoned out because I'm coming up with dance moves in my brain, <laughs> like whole lines of choreo. I don't realize what else has happened around me. In the zone, like in it, soul. Right. We just <laughs> yeah. taps in. And everyone's like, whoa, shit. But for me, no one sees what's <laughs> going this on. There's like, whoa. Of creation and <laughs> <laughs> the seed of the universe itself. Like. It's a dope place, I tell you. Anything's possible in that yeah. age. But that's definitely been a very um, soothing support block for me because there have been times where I was isolated from other people or from resources and all i had was music mm. so being able to release and soothe myself that way has helped a lot and meditation honestly has changed my life i mm. believe it's been my medicine because i was on psych psychiatric antidepressants for several years when i was entering high school and then my junior year of high school. But I've been able to wane off of them by incorporating more and more meditation mm. into my life. And it's been, it's a world changer. Once you figure out what works and preferences and style too, of like how you want to do it, it makes a world of difference. Now when I can't sleep, do a body scan. I won't even finish the body scan because hey. I'll pass out. Like that's that's a thing that's been happening. Yeah, more. It's like, oh, okay, shout this out is to good. your brain for that one. <laughs> no, seriously, dope. seriously. I've I've been doing puzzles lately. I really enjoy it. That's one of my support blocks is puzzles. Puzzles of all kinds, to be honest, because I like anything's a puzzle for me. Like any. But specifically, actual puzzles. Like I really puzzles, enjoy though. those. <laughs> I'm like, because you reacted whole other way when I showed you that Sudoku puzzle. You was like, hell no. I because mean, math. I <laughs> like then you visual liked it after puzzles. A while. But then you I know, because you know why? I realized that you could do Sudoku visually. It's not, you don't have to do it math-wise necessarily. I can recognize the number shapes and see like, oh, this row doesn't have that number in it. So I'm not doing math when I do Sudoku. But that's that is how you do Sudoku. Yeah, I thought no that it was math based. That's why I was just like, mm mm. But then once I realized it was visual, I was like, oh, okay, I'm here for it. Shout out to growth because you're really good at it, and you were sleeping on yourself. Thanks, man. Add that to my list of major psychological breakthroughs. Sudoku is visual. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Every Sudoku player is like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little hard headed, okay? Sometimes it takes me a while to make the change, but once I do, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I am. I am. <laughs> but 
to my final question mm-hmm. for you. What is a goal you have accomplished or have for your journey towards wellness and well-being? I am still working on imposter syndrome. Um, and did we ever talk about that on the? I don't. Yeah, okay. we did on um, embrace your oh, anxiety right, right, right. and in coping mechanisms. Because at the time of the coping mechanisms, I was going through it with mm-hmm. that. With, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah whole lot of imposter syndrome flare up at that I feel time. like imposter syndrome is kind of one of those ongoing battles probably um cuz it's like the more you level up the more things you don't you haven't done yet and so it's like if you're going to continue to grow there's always going to be things that you haven't done yet or like don't know how to do so mm-hmm. it's like I'm not saying, I don't want to say that you can never not have, I mean, always have it forever, but it's like, no, it just seems like it can be real. Yeah. That it could come up again unless you figure it out. But so I'm just, I'm trying to work on figuring it out, man. I want to like get better at finishing my projects and not like not finishing them because of that fear of it not being great. But because you know how they say, like, if you don't finish it, then you can't blame it on it not being great. You could just say like, oh, it's because I was too lazy to finish it. Yeah, it's not done. Yeah. Like this jacket Mm -hmm. I'm wearing that I sewed myself that I'm actually super proud of, but I've been wearing it for like a couple weeks now since I finished it. It looks hella It does, but the pockets are not done, so (laughs) I haven't finished actually making it yet. (laughs) I'm still wearing it though. Like there's safety pins (laughs) in this part before. That's holding this together while I... Hey, man, it's it's a process. It works. But yeah, I realize every time I look at it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to push through and finish the piece <laughs> so I can <laughs> so I can move on, do other stuff, not just be in peace purgatory. Perfection purgatory. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah, get deep. That is generally rooted in anxiety. That's why we all definitely have those moments of like, I'll do this later, or I'll get to this. Yep. Oh, this isn't this isn't good enough yet. I gotta finish this, and then never would. Mm-hmm. To add to that though, I was gonna say I feel like becoming an adult is you opening a door, and it's a flood of imposter syndrome. Because we have this concept of what adulthood is when we're all kids. And then we start to get closer to those ages we imagined or considered adult. Mm -hmm. And we're like, bro, I don't, nah, this shit ain't it. This is not a, no, something's wrong. (laughs) Adulthood was supposed to be easy. I was supposed to know all the answers. I was supposed to have all this money. We were all supposed to be rich. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A house. (laughs) I thought they just gave those to you when you get a certain age. We all know what the fuck we're doing. Meanwhile, you get there. <laughs> oof, meanwhile, I signed oof, up for this oof. like real estate class so I could learn and not just be flailing around. But it's been taking me hella long to get through the first imposter two weeks. syndrome. Also, because math is hard. <laughs> but still, that's just an excuse for imposter. I've been syndrome working still. on it. I just it takes a while. I'm just it talking does. about adulthood, being like, oof, that shit. I don't know. I don't know. So just got to figure it out. <laughs> got to take the time to figure it, it out. It starts with, 
embracing your inner mm-hmm. child. Give it a nice hug. Your adulthood will be fine because really they should both exist. We should not just be right our our physical age where we have mental existence mm-hmm. too. It could be many ages at once. So I'm embracing and hugging my four year old self while high fiving, dabbing up, and dancing with my twenty seven year old yeah. self. But for me, my goal. My goal, I think, would be aligned with a little bit what we touched on in the Patreon episode. So, um, embracing my emotional reactions still and, like, taking more accountability for them. But also trying to tie in the whole experience of the context around why I'm having the emotional reaction and forgiving myself for Mm. whatever it is that may have happened to you which i think most people don't do i don't think people forgive themselves because they tend to put on the show that they're not at fault yeah which you you need to step up to the plate and be like okay i messed up or i made a mistake i did Mm -hmm. this and then being able to move forward from that to then make room for everything else because i want to make more room for joy i want to make more room for laughter i want to make more room for curiosity i want to make more room for exploration but if there's a lot of anxiety and anger or frustration then where's the room like when am i gonna have time to actually experience those other things and i think in order to experience that and in order to forgive myself i need to remind myself of the context of the whole this happened and then i felt this way this is reasonable this makes mm-hmm. sense. This doesn't put you off the hook, but this see. now gives me like, right, now I have a path to walk forward on. I see I see what's behind me. I can see what's in front of me. Right. Now. It's like you're, you're not canceling yourself. <laughs> like instead of, can, instead of canceling yourself, you're counseling yourself to bring right. you up to, to speed, like meeting you where you were at. And then now you're like, let's, we're here now. I forgive you. It's all good. Like, <laughs> that forgiveness piece is huge. Doing forgiveness work is very, very beneficial very and healing big. work. Yeah. I think all of us minorities need to experience Oof. that because the traumatic experience of being a minority in America is fucking real. Yes. And we get we get so much flack whenever we show kinks in our armor when reality is just a sign that we're people too yeah. so forgiveness forgiveness accountability acceptance forgiveness oh that's almost the whole recipe for compassion except for a few more Ooh. ingredients but that's damn near almost all of it <laughs> we can start with that that sounds like a good foundation start with that, start with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what is all this uh this work on yourself and all these psychological breakthroughs how those impacted or reaped any benefits in your life today or with your personal relationships with yourself Mm. or other people i feel like they've because it's like the whole journey at that Mm. point Right, the work and the the obstacles and the breakthroughs, they've 
made me more patient with myself and with other people. And then the relationship I have with myself has allowed for more patience, which I've, I've, that's ebbed and flowed for me. I've definitely been super patient and then became impatient <laughs> as I got older because I'm like, I need shit now, which is sign of the times. Things were happening yeah. faster for a lot of things. And then, of course, social media has a role to play in that too. But I've been able to get back to a place of being more patient again. And I think that allows me to enjoy the the moment or the present time more whether that's with other people and like the highs and lows with them or the simple things and small things that exist within those relationships too. Like knowing, oh yeah, this person remembers that I really like this artist or so-and-so remembers that I really like this food. Like these small things have allowed me to be grateful that they even exist and like those moments can happen as well because as i was saying before that critic would get really loud so it would drown out those things with the negative self-talk i'm just obsessing over a mistake or a failure and then i become that mistake or failure and so i would forget about those small things in those relationships or forget about being present and in this moment which then you start to lose track of time and you slip into really dark places and that's not a place I think anyone should be in. But it is okay if you end up in that place. It's it's the hoping for you to be able to get out of it that I would more so push. And I think the breakthroughs, the obstacles, the support blocks have allowed me to step out of my own shadow and into my body. That way I've been able to appreciate the relationship I have with myself, appreciate more of the bits and pieces that create the relationships I also have with other people too. Yes. Embodying your body. <laughs> Loving and forgiving yourself, being grateful. I feel like gratitude is one of the like most underrated um, emotions like that emotion itself has been so healing for me personally. Um, and I think too, that that's something that I've like picked up as a, as a coping mechanism almost like anytime something bad would happen, I would still try or like I was in a situation that wasn't like the best, which was kind of, it was very common at one point in my life for eggs because I have I had very severe eczema. I still have eczema, but it was like debilitating. I had to just remain gra grateful, like in order to balance everything out. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think um, for me, the psychological breakthroughs, like talking about learning how to love myself, um, that included a lot of like figuring out what my boundaries are. Um, listening to my own intuition, trying to own my voice more, um, all that really has helped me show up more fully, I think, um, as opposed to being in a kind of like a shell, you know, cause like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I didn't, I had friends, but it was like, 
very few people who I actually really felt comfortable in opening up to. Um, Because, you know, we made that holding space um, (laughs) manual for a reason. Because it was like, hey, we... (laughs) People need some help on figuring out how to hold space for other people, you know, like ourselves included. It's we can hard. all use some improvement yeah. there, you know. Holding space is hard. It's, hard. it's yeah. a job, like honestly. So, <laughs> but you know, be you got to do it regularly in order to make it a little bit more uh, second. Right, nature. like kids are kids i mean they can be very loving some kids hold space though really but, well they'll be like tell me everything. yeah because it's probably and then there modeled. are the other ones <laughs> right exactly there you go yeah exactly because there are other ones who are just like you're talking too long i'm right done. i'm just like imagine <laughs> imagine like being like hey kid can you uh can i tell you something they'd just be like <laughs> tuned out in like five minutes or something 99 percent mm-hmm. of the time but all that to say is I I did a lot of reparenting, was like listening to my child self and asking, you know, my, my experiences and stuff. So working on that with the boundaries, um, it really helped improve the relation, like the dynamics I have, my relationship with my family, I think. Because that was a lot. Um, I know we were kind of worried about that before. We both moved to the Bay Area. When I moved back to the Bay Area, we we're going to stay with, we did stay with my family for a year. And it was like, <laughs> we we're like, oh man. Because, <laughs> you know, we had this idea of our parents as these people. Well, maybe I did. But when I was a kid, they were pretty strict. I mean, they're also pretty lax in some ways, but as a child i was just like yeah they don't let me do anything you know how teenagers are so it's like right as you stand on top of the eiffel tower juggling five family heirlooms and right right doing all this hectic shit and then (laughs) yeah feeling like stifled or whatever in some ways definitely those feelings carried over to being like oh no i hope it's not gonna just be more of that you know but really i think really embodying who i am now helps um the reparenting helped a lot and then just being honest about how i'm feeling it really makes a world of a difference because then they're they're like oh like when i model like earlier when we were talking about kids like a couple minutes ago (laughs) um they they learn from modeling so it's i'm not saying like our parents are children but if we model different behavior around them it might make a difference in how they how they treat you eventually, you know? <laughs> like, they might be like, ugh, but at to, first, but... To, though, they are children. We all right. are. We're just in big, bigger bodies. Yes. And I think that's also a, a thing, yeah. right? It's like we think we can't be kids anymore. When it's like that in itself causes distance with yourself and your inner mm-hmm. child where it's like i can't hug you because i have to be grown now but it's like oh. no you better That's hug tighter so sad to me when <laughs> like when you see things like in whatever situations they're like no i don't hug my kid after this certain age because we're the same gender it's like oh my god really like never <laughs> i'm pretty sure and then you, you'd want to ask like how do you show them affection? yeah how do they know that you 
truly and deeply love and care about them without your you using your words how do you show them that and if it's like oh i give them a house to stay in and it's like oh so you doing the role of being a parent (laughs) is you showing deep love for them i mean it's like that that's like yes respectful but there's depths and levels to everything. There, there right? is. And I definitely agree with you. But I also want to like bring up the whole, I guess, the context of everything. Even their context matters too. So it's like that just when you said that, the whole like are we talking about the hug thing. My grandpa personally, he never gave two armed hugs. It was always just like a little pat on the arm. And so, but it's like I never doubted that he loved us he just didn't do hugs you know (laughs) like but he also worked like forever he worked like every day so it's like he barely saw his kids when he was growing up i mean when my dad was growing up so then that i could see how that carried over to like them receiving less affection and then that like passed on to like they don't talk about feelings so we me and my parents didn't talk about feelings like that kind of stuff so it's like i can see right, how right. That and it's still out. like your love language right, right? it's like how translates. how do you show love but it's still that it's still that question mm-hmm. though of like how do you show love and affection yeah. to your yeah. kids and you it was evident he though worked. in the energy <laughs> of no but of his energy around family with how people describe described him and all these things sure he's giving you one-armed hugs but you could tell he loved yeah, all of you you could even if he's not using all the words and not doing right, all these we things, barely spoke it. the same but language but, but we knew yeah but that's still the thing right it's like this is how he showed affection he was present with all of you some people don't do that some people aren't present some people even in the few minutes they have with the people like kids and stuff or with their family mm-hmm. they don't hug they don't do that they, and so it's like okay so how do you show you yourself, how do you show affection? What's your love language to these people? And do they do they know this? Right. And that's do that's too know? a big question for the kid because the, as children who, like as a child of immigrants as well, sure they're not. My mom's not kissing me on the cheek all the time, and my dad isn't even fucking there. Like he would be in and out. So his own affection was more so. I'm told about it by his friends. Oh, your dad cares about you, this, that, and the other, da, 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 da. And I'm like, I mean, I guess if you know about it, but I don't fucking know about it, I'll take with a grain of salt. With my mom, though, she was there with me on the low lows and the high highs. And that commitment and also that space that she would provide me with, even if it's not like abundance of space, it was still like, okay, I know that you you've got my back straight up yeah at the end of the day you want me to be able to exist with you and i can feel the intention at least you know behind the lack of hugs (laughs) (laughs) intention behind the good morning here comes a sarcastic response there's this thing that nigerians would do is like if you walk say you're you came back from work and you walk into the house and your mom's there or something and she's Nigerian. She'd be like, oh, are you home? 
And what that shit used to irk me so much when I was a kid. I used to want to be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm like, clearly. I could see that because you used to hate it when I would say stuff like, well, I don't know if you hated it, but it seemed like you were super annoyed whenever I asked a question that. (laughs) I'm like, I just need you to be like, yes. (laughs) Or like, it's just an intro. It's not like a. And for me, but for me, it's like the answer lies before you. I don't need to plop it onto your face. But I understand that there are people who, such as yourself, who (laughs) simply want feedback. Y'all just like to hear. Call and response, okay? It's hip-hop. Triple confirmation. The response is there, though. You see it. (laughs) It's a verbal (laughs) response. You still need, right, you still need even. The word. So it's like, I I understand. (laughs) I understand. I get it. It's your love language. This is how you talk. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, showing affection and stuff. But no, that's whew, gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I, I want to add music to my list of things too, of support blocks. Oh yeah, you. I mean, you make. You make raps now. You're legit diving into your more realms and deeper depths of your creative abilities. You can see it. You got healthy raps. Yeah. Sure. Who knows? Maybe you'll make a track with my cousin, Hurricane Ike. <laughs> he's he's healthy rap. What do you call it? Self-help? No. That's Chelsea. Positive. Chelsea does self-help but- raps. No, I know it's it's like a thing too, so that's why I'm conflating all of them. But he's of that direction. Yeah. Like he's he's totally that where it's like positivity and not trying to just be like, Oh, I got I got hoes and I'm this, that, about fucking and no. It's actually you hear the words and you're like, Oh yeah, this makes me want to live my yeah. life. To the fullest. Okay. But does the abstract make you want to live your life to the fullest, Openny? Our music or our everything? No, no, no. Everything. The whole brand. It's a lifestyle brand. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say it falls in line with our purpose behind the abstract? You uh, live in fully? Because the purpose of it is to foster uh, deeper uh, levels and inspire growth in your coping and resiliency with the... Uh, your relationship with yourself and other people. So uh, you feel like it's uh, had that effect on you? Yeah. I mean, it's like every month <laughs> I'm just like, is this a trick question? Because I made the things and I feel like you're asking me if I believe in myself. And it's like, yes. It's a check-in. Oh, oh, you see? Oh, so is this, is this irking you now? Is this making you... Uh, Did you just do that whole thing just so you could be petty about is asking this, obvious questions? This is petty? You don't know petty if this is petty. <laughs> Y'all... This is literally mom has some questions. releasing to do. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Yep, I got some releasing <laughs> to do. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. 
That was a valid fucking question, though. I'm like, if the abstract isn't hitting you like that, then maybe we ourselves have to do better. <laughs> but if it is, it's a nice affirmation. I mean, yeah, it's like every month we put out these, these, like, offerings um, that are essentially the summary of like notes you would need to go through any kind of or the the given situation you know or like thing that you would be struggling with emotionally and they're often super relevant to what is going on in the world or what we're experiencing personally like the whole with the afro-asian liberation clubhouse that one was super close to home (laughs) like when we were planning it it was just like yeah we should we should do we should do a collaborative event and we should focus on Afro-Asian liberation because we're a group of black and Asian creators who talk about this and unity talk about unity and healing all the time. So it's like I mean, definitely doing stuff like that and reconnecting with Oh, I never finished that thought, I'm sorry. <laughs> we talk about these things all the time. So it only makes sense us to come together and discuss it not only that it seems like most conversations on the subject of unity and like needing to work together are coming from very one-sided platforms not saying that they're wrong but it just is like there's still a lot of division and we just i mean it's like we are we are that you know so it's Mm -hmm. like it feeds me and that I feel like we're creating things that are very needed and necessary. Did I answer your question? Yes. Yes, you did. And thank you for your answer. You're welcome. And your honesty. Mm -hmm. Does it inspire you to heal? But but truthfully though, because if it's like, if it's possible that maybe from creating episodes or content that it stimulates just coping for you because it's like reiterations of something or whatever or what have you or elaborations on certain bits but the resiliency isn't there then it's like okay no this is actually very insightful (laughs) it's very good to know if it's not full hitting or fully hitting rather with intention but definitely for me i feel like it's been this is the outlet that I've wanted to manifest for, when did I graduate grad school? 2019. So since 20, early 2018, this is the outlet that I think my brain was craving in terms of psychology and creating content and interacting with people, at least to an extent where Healing can happen, but it's at the pace of the person receiving it. And for myself as well. Because, yes, therapy is awesome. But as I said, too, it's not the end-all, be-all. And there are other ways of healing besides that in itself. And I feel like for me personally, at least the system that I was present in, I didn't fit that well in terms of what they... And by they, I would say like my supervisors or professors and stuff. They have an idea of what a therapist should be like and 
who I could have been as a therapist. And I think my own vision for who I wanted to be as a healer was different. Mm -hmm. Just like how Rihanna or DJ Titabite was talking about, like working in a hospital and doing Reiki. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's different depths to it and different things to it that I think the distinction was really important and being able to still take similar tactics that will be applied to therapy or being in a research lab or being even in a classroom where we're talking about psychological content. This has been a really awesome plug and outlet for me as an individual. Because yes, I have my master's in clinical mental health counseling. I have my bachelor's in psychology and in sociology and my family's full of healers in the hospital and medical fields. And it's felt like something I've always, I've been destined to do, so to speak. But how it, how that destiny looks has been a little blurry up until the abstract was actually created. Yeah. So this has been really nice to put on the hat of healer. But also put on the hat of like creator and um, just being a figure for people to be able to tap into mm-hmm. for this kind of growth and this kind of interacting with information. Oh yeah. I guess that reminds me or that ma- makes me want to bring up too that like initially I remember saying that the abstract was a culmination almost of all the other things I've worked all the other various spaces I've helped curate um, first, a lot of you, you might know that I did, I used to curate art shows and safer spaces like dance parties for other cutie pock folks. Um, and before that, I mean, we, the intention there was to, to hold space, you know, to create the spaces that we didn't want to see or that we wanted to see exist, um, and even before that, it was more about like um, documenting films or documenting our stories and our narratives through films um, as people of color who experience a plethora of things, but at the end of the day are dynamic, beautiful beings of light. And I wanted to show that through my first film project, which is Voodoo Child, but it was kind of, that one kind of, I fell off because of imposter syndrome, but also because I felt like I was like, there was a time and a place for all those things to happen. And at that time I felt like the portrayal of people of color in media, again, this was in the early 2012s to around then. And a lot of the representations for people of color in media was very like flat and one-sided or, it just didn't show us in all of our dynamicness. And when I say us, it's like that even includes so many different types of people. So um, really, it's been like creating, I've been creating spaces for people to connect. And this just seems like the next, connect with themselves and other people. Um, and this seems like the next evolution of of that the one that's like most needed right now because we all need to be focusing on healing i feel like we just you guys know we've been through so much (laughs) um yeah it just feels like this is 
this is the calling, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that next step. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, same for me. And two, I remember us people, like, us talking about how people, um, we both shared that people normally share their problems with us, or they feel very comfortable with talking to us, <laughs> so we kind of decided to make this whole podcast just so we could we could share our insights with folks without Oof. doing free therapy, essentially. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, as much as I love to listen, there are some days where it's like, it's too early, I don't know you, in in person, just being somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, one story I always tell Penny's about how one day I was waiting for the bus to go to class in grad school, and this guy starts talking to me, this is in Hawaii, and things seem like it would be a calm, smooth conversation. Then he just opened up about how his wife had died recently and he was still mourning her. And that's just, that's not how I wanted to start my day. Yeah, like, you gotta I'm check glad in with he somebody. felt safe. <laughs> right. And I'm glad he felt safe enough to share his personal experiences and I could give him like some comfort and you know, some guidance too in grieving and mourning and but holy fucking shit, that is not how am I supposed to go to class? <laughs> how am I supposed to do anything now? Like I'm grieving partially. Yeah. Because I'm that empathetic of a person is just you start getting that sad, I'm feeling your sadness. Now I gotta do double the work. And <laughs> It would have been nice if you said, like, hey, can I share something heavy with you? Or Right. I lost someone. Do you mind if we talk about it? And personally, I would have said no, at least in that moment, because I was not in the headspace at right. all. Like, And I did my best, and I, you know, I'm proud of myself for being able to hold space. But at the same time, part of me was like, uh, Daniel, boundaries. <laughs> have better boundaries. Right. It's like, how do I back away from this? <laughs> Without being hella rude. Because right. that is, that's, that's yeah. tough. If someone's talking about death with you and you're just, just like, need to let that gotta out. go by. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's fun. Right. But I'm going to moonwalk my way out of that conversation in the future. I, I got some tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> still be present. Still be compassionate. Still be kind about it. But no, nah, that made my day so hard oof but and that's how we knew the world needs more healing tools <laughs> <laughs> more people to talk to and listen to mm-hmm. about these things and speaking of talking to we wanted to share with y'all that we do have a new segment that we're going to be installing on each episode Ooh. of the abstract and this new segment is called ask the abstract Ask the abstract. <laughs> not ass. Not ass. A slur. Sorry. As much as y'all might like that ass, this ain't it, cuz. How about that ass? <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> but yeah, ask the abstract. And we really want to encourage y'all to send us questions. And these questions can be 
things you want to know more about relating to mental health, relating to psychology, sociology, maybe something that we touched on in a past episode. Even if we went deep and had a long-winded tangent or anything about it, if you want to know more about it, let us know. Even if it's questions that you have about life. Because psychology itself is a blend of sociology, philosophy, chemistry. There's a lot of stuff that goes into psychology, really. Anthropology. So, right. Culture. Cultural anthropology. <laughs> but all in all, we are here for y'all. We are more than happy to answer your questions you guys have. Mm-hmm. Help you explore your curiosity. Yep. With some guidance and navigation. We're a resource. Exactly. We're the plug. And if we don't know the answer, we likely know someone who has the answer. And we will literally shout them out. (laughs) So (laughs) don't worry. It could be about anything. The types of therapy, anything. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. So you can send us these questions via email, which is asktheabstract at gmail.com. Yes, that is our real email. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or hit us up on social media we're going to be posting it on the abstract pages instagram story we'll also do it on our personal uh instagram story feeds as well giving you all the avenues that you need i mean if you see our website feel free to ask us questions through there Mm -hmm. like we got plenty of prompts you can use to contact us don't be shy. If you got our phone numbers, hey, text us shit. We won't answer it through I'm text. Like, don't text me. We'll answer it on the <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> Send me an email. Boundaries. <laughs> I'm you just saying because if you though. text me, I probably it will take me a while to get back because I have work hours. Yep. So. Like, and I'm not, I'm not uh, embarrassed to say, you know, I'll hit up old Penny with a loving beautiful good morning message and maybe your penny will respond very soon maybe they won't but understand that this is your schedule and like you said boundaries yep <laughs> it's like adrian if you got <laughs> I have my- a friend adrian who tweeted the other day it was like i'm not texting you back but you're in my thoughts and prayers just know that <laughs> like <laughs> and i was like yo i need this on a shirt <laughs> something <laughs> like yeah, honestly, that's a whole sticker waiting to happen. <laughs> no, but no, if you send us an email, def- we'll definitely respond um, in a reasonable fashion that feels And then, too, we will, we will definitely share the question on here, yes. too. The likelihood is if you've thought of the question, someone else also has thought of the question, mm-hmm. too. We're just here to be the so bridge. And the loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. That uh-huh. ox. The ox, hand off the ox quote. But <laughs> in lieu of this new segment, Ask the Abstract, Openi managed to pull out some wonderful questions from a very inspirational deck of cards by the end, where if you haven't accessed these cards or read this card, the deck of cards, rather, collectioned, really, there's so many different kinds. You should, especially if you're in a relationship or if you got close homies that you know you can have like <laughs> very interesting conversations or 
tangents with or if you think those people have a lot to say but you haven't gotten the chance to talk to them this is really good source to have inspiration for questions and types of questions yeah they can be good for getting to know family members too sometimes i know it's easy to get stuck in your old habits of what you guys talk about so if you're curious about getting to know your loved ones a little deeper this is they have great questions you know we're all about them great questions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so a penny managed to pull together three awesome questions that we will then answer and consider them as inspiration for all of y'all for the types of questions that you could ask us but still if you already have some burning in your brain already send us those too it's fine it doesn't have to be exactly like this it's just so you (laughs) don't be shy at all all right oh penny what's the first question the first question is what's been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it Uh, psychologically like brain stuff wise psychologically (laughs) no honestly um i would say managing chronic depression Mm. it's everyday thing everyday struggle it's big you said (laughs) it's it's real it's like you have your ups or you I have my ups, I have my downs, I have neutral days, but it's a sneaky, very sneaky son of a bitch where you could be having an up and then (laughs) it just takes one moment of you feeling that low coming and then you just free fall for a while and get lost in it. So for me, I had to experience I don't think I had to, but I did experience a very low low. And that made me have a deep introspective dialogue with myself. Which, as Openny mentioned in another episode, I did shadow work. In a sense, too, you can think of it as I spoke with all my demons and all my angels and found out that they were all just me. Say that one more time. (laughs) I spoke to all my demons, all my angels, and found out they're really all just me. Those labels were unnecessary. Demons were parts of myself I didn't like or had a problem Mm -hmm. with or uncomfortable with or ashamed of or guilty of, all this stuff. The angels were the parts I wanted to be praised, the parts I've been praised about, all this stuff I'm trying to flaunt. And it was like, whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. I need to hug all of you right now, actually. We need to talk and chop up, chop it up because there's a lot of insight that all of you are sharing. All of you have mm. a lot of clarity that I can gain. And still doing some shadow work here and there. I still have my my days where I experience lows. I still have some days where I experience highs. But it's I've taken it all in stride. Bars. It's all been, it's all been a a pleasant journey, I would say. And I feel like I've been able to manage my symptoms a lot better, a lot healthier now, more comfortable with even talking about it used to be hard. I used to never talk about it to anyone. I know there are people in my life who've known me for a while who still have no idea that I've been dealing with chronic depression. And it's like, that's on me. And that was one of the demons was 
being vulnerable to other people about this stuff. So I'm proud of where I am, proud of where I'm going to be. Hey. But that's been my biggest challenge. How about you? What's been your biggest psychological challenge and how did you overcome it? Damn. Eczema, <laughs> which I didn't even realize was a psychological challenge until I realized it was a psychological challenge. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, it's been such a long healing process too. Like, it's this journey, my healing journey with eczema started in like 2012. It's almost been 10 years, y'all. Straight up. Oh my God. Like, I couldn't walk at the worst of it. Like, long story short, I lived in a warehouse that had black mold in the shower because there was like nine to 13 other people who lived in that warehouse and we all shared one bathroom and there was carpet in the bathroom and just a bad, bad idea. But I mean, I wouldn't trade those years for anything um, because I definitely had many beautiful bonding moments and experiences with all my friends and creating doing what we wanted to do just like being artists and stuff but it destroyed my health and that that alone I mean I couldn't I felt like I couldn't be my my full self I literally couldn't like physically be my full self because I had limited range of mo uh, movement like I had to constantly cover every inch of skin so against the to protect myself from the wind and people thought I was like in car accidents all the time because I always had band-aids all over my neck like it was horrible y'all I would never wish eczema on my worst enemy and even like my shame was so so deep that I couldn't like it was embarrassing to tell people that I even had eczema like I would just be like no it's just my eczema like I didn't even my mom didn't really know how much it affected me and my like oh, every wow. day like I had to tell her um like this past year or last year or something I think I told her like yeah this really like eczema has really affected how I move through the world like it causes me anxiety to leave the house because I'm worried about how much moisturizer I have in my bag. I worry about whether my clothes are suddenly going to cause a, high, a breakout, you know, like a flare up or something. I'm worried about everything, you know, like, do I have enough snacks that's going to make me like make it through the day that I can actually eat because I was living on a really strict diet, like just all these different things. And you know, my mom was like, damn, I didn't even know that it was like that for you because I didn't tell anyone because I was just quietly suffering you know even despite the fact that I think she knew that I moved to Hawaii in order to try and heal my skin because it was like a warmer climate and I kind of knew the area a little bit and it wasn't going to be a completely a new place um but even then even after I went to Hawaii it was uh, I realized that it was deep psychological work that I had to like work through a lot of like emotions, figure out how to love myself. Like I just, I just remember, I was just reminded when I was having a, like a closure conversation with an ex that I had, like when you have eczema, you have, so it's common to get like 
have very dry skin. I mean, that's a part of it. So then you get kind of this dandruff that come that can shed a lot. Like you shed skin a lot when you have eczema, unless it's wet eczema, which is a different, also very uncomfortable situation. Um, but with dry eczema, it's basically like you got dandruff everywhere. And like, I remember, so this person, they asked me, they were like, yeah, why did you lie about that? Because I think I hugged them or something and then like skin came off onto them. Not like a sheet of skin, but it was just like dandruff, you know, like eczema. Mm -hmm. And they were like, why did you lie about that? And I was like, I wasn't loving myself. Like I, because they told me like I didn't even respond. I was just like, I don't know what that is. I don't know. And I just kind of like turned away. But it was just like, dude, what? Like now looking back, I'm like, I was so ashamed of myself and my situation that I couldn't even admit what was going on you know I was just trying to hide it and like pretend like everything was fine and hope that they didn't notice because if I closed my eyes enough and it's tight enough it would go away or something you know and I right out of sight out of mind yeah and I think um so like because that's what medicine the doctors try to make you do they try to make you take steroids to just make it disappear and never address the root issue so how I overcame it was really, and I'm still overcoming it, but how I, I made a lot of progress and I'm much more comfortable and happy now in life <laughs> um, was to just accept my skin and accept my body was just talking to me and I needed to listen, you know, um, and like let go of a lot of the emotional traumas that I had been holding on to for my entire life. And as I found that as I slowly started to let go of those things, pro- process everything, um, it I felt lighter. There was less like stress being held in my body. Um, I even found that I didn't have to have such a strict diet as I thought. I like start. I didn't have sugar for like six months because I thought that was causing. <laughs> like I denied myself so many things because I was just like I'm broken. My body can't take it. But it was just that I had too much stuff that I was holding on to. You know. Um. So that's my answer. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. It's very insightful. You're welcome. These chronic conditions are very tricky to deal with, but once you start to get a handle on them, that sense of empowerment becomes very real. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question is, what is your gift to others and where did you get it from? Mine is short and sweet. My gift to others is laughter. Because I'm a funny person. <laughs> pretty weird, pretty silly, and I'm proud. And I get it from my charismatic, narcissistic father. Mm. Bloop. Yep, I've seen him plenty of times drunk, and he was a funny motherfucker when he was drunk. I'll tell you that much. Have people laughing, but then when he gets too drunk, he's scary. So. Yeah, it'd be like that. Levels, levels, levels. But yeah, he's very charismatic, very charming person. I was able to pick up on his wordplay and be like, oh, I see this. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to say funny, too. Or like laughter, say too. It. Yeah, because I'm you funny. Are, I'm kind of funny and weird. Giggler. Yeah, I'm a professional giggler. And I be seeing stuff from 
different perspectives. So at the very least, you'll laugh, and at the very most, you'll have your mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine laughing so hard, your mind is blown. No, I'm playing. That's a good answer, though. All right, all right, all right, all right. Last question, last question. You want me to ask it? What does it feel like to be you? Ooh. Well, I thought about this question pretty hard for a little bit, and uh, I'm going to have to go with, it feels like a blessing to be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. (laughs) 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 Yeah, man. I mean, life has its challenges, but I'm definitely grateful to be on this path and to have accumulated all these experiences that have taught me so many things and now yeah it's just a blessing to to still be here <laughs> it's a blessing to be alive and um i'm happy to be sharing time and space um how i do <laughs> with you and y'all and myself <laughs> amen mm-hmm. How to? <laughs> How's it feel to be you, mom? It's a really good question. Um, it feels like a pleasant surprise. Oh. Because at first, it's like, huh, what, huh, <laughs> what, and then. The surprise happens. Just like the good things happen, the good moments, the laughter, the insights, the growing, the joy. So beautiful. The adventures. Beautiful. I've seen half the world already, but Oof. there's a lot of it's unexpected. Most of these things. I mean, yes, I have manifested a lot of what has happened in my life, but it's been intentional and unintentional. Yeah, I think that's how life works. Right. Unless you just got it like that, then you could do whatever you want. Which some people have. That would be boring, though, if there was nothing unexpected. You'd just be like. Tell that to billionaires. No. Nah. Nine to five is more so a test of how grateful are you. And where do you want to be? That's a good way to look at it if you want to. Have a nine to five. <laughs> Life, though, is <laughs> yeah. feeling like me. Yeah, it's different perspectives, but that's mine. For me, though, yeah, being me has been, it's like um, eating a Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> oh, shit. It's strong. What's going on with this? And then you get to, like, the sweet, chewy part. Like, it's oh, like, yeah, uh-huh. it's pretty dope. i'm not mickey mouse nigga (laughs) sour patch kid difference there's difference similar vibes no it's not (laughs) mickey mouse is all sweet and chewy i know sour patch kids are like kid when he when they're like happy and nice Anyway, you could be whatever you want. I'm sorry. I'm a fucking sour patch kid. Fe- let me get out of your <laughs> <laughs> description. Calling me Mickey Mouse. I God wasn't. I made a sound effect. 
could have been interpreted many ways. But that just what? goes okay, to show that we have interpretation? All... Wait, 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 wait. What's another interpretation of that sound effect? It could be that one answer. The one, what? the kid with the lime soda, orange soda commercial or whatever. And he's just like. He makes no sound. I know, but if he were to make a and sound, and if he did, he it's could. ah because he's clearly being refreshed by the drink he could that be like, he's uh-huh, sponsoring. It so good. Thank you all for joining us for another <laughs> episode of the Abstract. Don't mind us now; we're just getting a little silly. It's, this is a longer episode, and it's real late. Up late again. Your boys got to sleep. Sleep on my mind, sleep on my mind. We hope y'all picked up many gems, insights, reassurances, or anything really that can serve you and your healing and your journey towards wellness and well-being. Because mm-hmm. we care about y'all. We're grateful, too, that we get to chime in, <laughs> provide some perspective shifting for your brains and your lives. Because... Mm-hmm. That's a blessing in itself, and we're grateful, and thank you for the opportunity. Yes, thank you very much. We have plenty more coming to you for the rest of this season. still have our upcoming bonus episode, which is our clubhouse session. With this intentional life, we got more abstract poetics. that will be included on the beginning of the episodes. We got more musical features and contributions from plenty of the producers and artists that we mentioned earlier on in the episode we got plenty of fucking abstract abstract slash toolkits coming out we got so much happening so stay tuned don't sleep but at the same time take naps because if you stay woke (laughs) for too long you'll get tired so getting your rest balance is key (laughs) exactly don't stay too woke and don't stay too sleep yep you need a healthy schedule. Yin yang, motherfuckers. Yeah. And remember, it's counseling over canceling. Yep. Counsel each other, counsel yourselves. Don't cancel nobody. Because we ain't credit cards. We're people. And we're not God either. Yeah. So don't act like it. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. These are just, these are recommendations. Take care of each other. <laughs> um... Share this Giggle. episode if you thought it was helpful. Check out our other episodes. And um, yeah, hit us up on asktheabstract ask, ask at gmail.com. And go to our Instagram, which is theabstract.work, Instagram handle. Oh, yeah. And if you have any like mental health or like healthy raps or um, stuff like that, fun kind things definitely feel free to send it over because we're always looking to expand our our cipher of creative folks who are committed to making healthy contributions to the world (laughs) yes we will feature it on an episode yes that's all that to say that was was a very beautiful way of saying it though (laughs) i just saw you were running out of oxygen there I'm like, damn, dog, don't die. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> I'm here. And good, I'm good. still queer. And Amen. Queer <laughs> people, cuando? Hey. <laughs> this is mom. <laughs> <laughs>
This is old Penny. And have a very beautiful day, y'all. Peace.